Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Press YYZ. We're the only Canadian gaming podcast that you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, or at least we hope so, as well as, the podca- um, as, well as podcast services and YouTube every Thursday. Uh, my name is Nathan. You guys know who I am. This week, I'm joined by Cozy. Cozy, you've had a bit of an extended absence. How are you doing? It's good to be back. Uh, hard to believe, but it's good to be back. And I'm partially saying that because I actually got a good eight hours night of sleep before this, and I'm not dead tired, but it is genuinely good to be back. Okay, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. And then we've got my political comrade, uh, AJ. How are you doing, AJ? Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> oh. <laughs> I muted my microphone. <laughs> oh, okay. I was okay. like, oh, no. Glad that it was only a temporary If you're going to do a yeah, if you're going to do a podcast, it helps if your microphone is not muted. I've heard that. That's like the one important yeah. thing of the podcast. It might be the most important. Go figure. Yep. So, all right. Well, <sighs> if you were making quippy things, we didn't hear what you said. So, oh, yeah. yeah I, I would just said I, I w- I'm glad to be uh, joined by you on the right side of history. And uh, then I was going to follow it up by saying by right, I mean left and go from there. Yes. Okay. Okay. I understand. Yeah, yeah. No, I think we had a great discussion last week. If you haven't had a yeah. chance to listen to it, we got political, which we don't normally do. Uh, but I think we had a good discussion and we got some good oh. feedback on the episode. So Spe- yeah. speaking of, speaking of uh, feedback, uh, the I apparently had said that the election is on the 21st. It is actually on the 20th. That's a Monday. Yeah. Mm. And depending yeah. on so. uh, where you are, you might be able to vote for it as early as this weekend. So check your mail I, and get to it. I, I got my mail my, cards already. I received my thing in the mail uh, today, and um, yeah, I, I might consider doing that early voting thing. So my wife's actually going to be working the election. Ooh! She got a call yesterday if she would like to take the job, even though she didn't apply for it this year. She applied <laughs> last time they did the election. They called her this time. Ah, so figure. yeah, she has to go CHR for and get signed up tomorrow um and then do some training but uh, yeah she's gonna work the whole election day so, awesome yeah anyways so good for her um okay so tonight's topic of the show just to give everybody a heads up i don't know if you guys are aware but tomorrow we have a playstation showcase what's the actual name of it is it the playstation 5 showcase yeah like the but, september wait. 2021 playstation showcase playstation yes. shows you d's nuggets of good games what i thought you were gonna say these nuts um uh, ps5 playstation so never uh playstation showcase 2021 that's the official name from playstation's website uh or from the playstation blog by sid Schumann. playstation showcase 2021 so i expect this will be a yearly thing it's not a state of play it's uh going to be a much more beefier um uh, thing and we're going to talk about that in a bit so i'm excited about that that being said We've been without Cozy for several weeks now, and I need to know, how many platinum trophies did you achieve while you were on hiatus? A lot, man. Uh, I think I'm not a thousand percent certain of this number, even as I scroll through my PSN profile, but I'm pretty certain that it was at least 13, I want to say. You left off at Avengers? Uh, So... 
Avengers, that was the last platinum trophy I got before I took my break. Yeah. I got yeah, I that one. Saying, that's the last one I remember you getting. I got the double Avengers platinums on August 16th. Then August 21st, I get the platinum for Foxyland 2. August I heard that's 24th. a hard one. Oh, man. Uh, August 24th, I got the platinum for Naquette. That I also one, have that platinum. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it in a sec. Um, yep. August 24th, I also got the platinum for Legends of Talia Arcadia on the PlayStation 5. And then August 25th, I got the platinum for Legends of Talia Arcadia for the PlayStation 4. Then in Five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, you know, real hard games we're dealing with here. Uh, okay. Then August 26th, got the platinum uh, for both Burly Men at Sea and Foxyland 2 uh, for the PlayStation Vita. Uh, and now, finally, at long last, an actual legit difficult platinum uh the platinum for god of war 2005 uh specifically for the playstation vita i thought that i had all of the god of war platinums but i had missed the fact that i'd never gotten the platinums for the first two games on the vita still have god of war 2 to take care of at some point then august 30th i got the platinum trophy for the eu version of blind men uh which is a visual novel uh August 31st, I got the Platinum Trophy for Bonfire, which is a VR game. Uh, and then September 3rd, I got the Platinum Trophy for Forma.8, which is a Metroidvania platformer. And uh, I've not gotten any more pla uh, Platinum Trophies since. However, I am chipping away at Moss, Kingdom Hearts, Melody of Memory, and the PlayStation 3 version of Batman Arkham Asylum, amongst other games. Arkham Asylum has challenge missions synced to the platinum. Is that correct? Yeah, I remember so, that right. It's been a while. I feel like we're kind of we're kind of starting in reverse here, but yeah. So, uh, way back in the day, I beat Batman Arkham Asylum on the PlayStation Three for the first time in 2015. I really enjoyed it at the time. It, looking back on it in retrospect, that's probably one of my favorite games for the PlayStation 3. Um, but I was deterred from getting the Platinum because it was one of those games where you have to play through the game again on hard mode. And I'd already mm -hmm. like gone through and gotten all 240 Riddler trophies and done everything you need to do in the game. So I was not really in the mood to do that, nor was I in the mood to do the uh, challenge room stuff. Uh, however, another podcast I'm listening to at the moment decided to do Batman and Arkham Asylum is like a video game book club thing for the month of September. So I decided, you know what? Let's dust off my old PlayStation 3 copy, boot up my save, and let's go ahead and grab that Platinum. And uh, I've not like ventured quite so far enough in the game yet to have too much else to say other than that. It's still quite good. It's, um, it's rare that you have a game like Batman Arkham Asylum come along where it feels like every aspect of the experience is really kind of quite well refined it has really good stealth it's really good hand-to-hand -hand combat you know real great metroidvania-esque puzzle solving and exploration we all know this we all know that the arkham games are great it's the best of the arkham trilogy in my opinion if you can believe it this is also still the only game uh in the arkham series that i've played oh yep never played another one Okay, so Arkham City's worth playing. I don't love Arkham Knight. No. Yeah, Arkham Knight. 
yeah there's Arcanite. also the one in between them that was made by origins. wb origins yeah. origins yeah yeah i never played that one it's apparently got a wicked boss fight against deadshot yeah or deathstroke one of the two that's what i keep hearing okay yeah. tell me about moss i want to hear about moss because i love moss, moss. Yeah, uh, Moss, another VR game that I purchased quite some time ago, but have not been to uh, in quite some time. Um, yeah, Moss is real fun. Very similar setup to um, Astrobot Rescue Mission in that you're a mm -hmm. giant that is sort of controlling and manipulating the world around the main protagonist, uh, who is a mouse that is not called Moss. Her name is something else. Quill. Uh, Quill. Quill. There we go. Uh, yeah. Like it's, Star um, Yeah. I don't know that I would say that I love it as much as Astrobot Rescue Mission, but it's a real charming game. And I'm... Platinuming this game is going to be interesting because to beat it, you have to complete it without ever dying. Um, but mm -hmm. it is also very short. So I'm, I'm certain that I can probably pull it off. Okay, okay. Um, no, that's that's good. I'm very curious about book two for when book two hits for Moss. I really like yeah. Moss. I didn't like it enough to try and get through without dying because I feel like I would spend a lot of time hitting my head against the screen. Um, but no, okay, okay. Um, uh, sorry, I'm picking and choosing from your list here, Cody. Yeah, sure. You don't you don't have to ask me about like every single like Foxyland experience that I had. No, you know? and. Uh, yeah, no, I get that. Um, so let's yeah. jump over to actually Maquette. I, I, like we've both platinum Maquette. What do you think of Maquette? Maquette, 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 Maquette. I, I'm just going to keep saying Maquette over and over. Maquette might be like one of the greatest examples in recent memory of like one of the coolest like video game concepts that I ever experienced that I thought the execution just wasn't quite there i i thought that like the idea that like you exist within this maquette which itself contains a much smaller maquette which itself is encircled by a much bigger maquette and it kind of continues ad infinitum was really really cool i thought that there were some really neat kind of mind-bending moments in it where you're like taking an object in the smaller version of the maquette and that influences its position in the bigger maquette that you're running around in but i just I just found the puzzles to be just a little bit too much on the obtuse side. And I will say, like, I did make a genuine valiant effort to play through as much of this game without consulting a guide. Mm -hmm. It being an easy platinum was a factor in me choosing to play it, but I did not play it like I was, like, just playing it to platinum it. I did give it a fair shot. Um, and, yeah, there were, I just felt like there were a few too many moments in the game where it felt like I was less solving puzzles and more trying to kind of psychoanalyze what the developer would want me to do. There's a specific puzzle with a staircase and how yeah. you have to make the staircase work. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, that, and how it, <laughs> that was, uh, it was certainly something. Um, now I will recommend uh, cozy because there's a game that does this and did it years ago that does it much better. And it's in VR. Is it, have we talked about this game before? Because it's ringing a bell, but I don't remember the, what it's called. The Fisherman's Tale. We, oh, I probably brought it up when we, when I played Maquette the first time. Um, and literally you're in this room and when you look out the windows, or sorry, in the room that you're in is a, like a cabin. 
like on the table in the middle. And then when you look out the windows, you see like a larger version of the cabin. And like you start by pulling off the roof on the cabin, like in the middle of the room that you touch. And then the roof gets pulled off the one you're on. Mm. And it does all of this, but it does it in VR and it's really, really good. Um, I never felt the puzzles were so obtuse like this game I did. Hmm. So. Well, I'll definitely have to give that one a shot. I am, um, you know, part of the reason why I came back to both uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission and Moss like a few months from each other is because I really felt like I hadn't used uh, my PSVR unit quite uh, as much as I should have given the amount of money that I paid for it. And so I'm definitely on the lookout for like other VR experiences to get the most out of the system before the eventual successor arrives. So I'll definitely consider that. Yeah. A fisherman's tale. It, I put it on like my top list of PSVR games. I think it's like 10 bucks. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, okay. So, all right. So we've talked about Maquette. Uh, we are very on the line there in terms of where you are. Um, I, I you know what? I'm going to jump over to AJ and then we're going to come back to you. Okay. Yeah, sure. Trust okay. me. I've got Hi, AJ. games for days to talk about. It's, no need do. to rush me. Um, so I don't have a good segue into no man's sky. I heard that there are open frontiers in maquette. So tell me about the frontiers update in no man's sky. <laughs> Yeah, um, No Man's Sky has a, yet another free update. Um, it's How do they keep no Man- doing this? I don't know. Maybe it's all this Game Pass money now, because that's um, that's where I've been playing it now. Um, mm. Despite my preferred way of playing No Man's Sky being in VR, um, right? You know, I mm. don't have a PS5, and I can't exactly uh, uh, do that at the moment. Um, in in a way that that looks or feels uh, all that good but yeah um so so you know on on game pass on the series x i uh you know the the weather's getting colder and i needed a space heater in here so that's what i'm doing um the yeah i i have a bad habit of anytime there's a new big update like this and i think i think i'm playing this game wrong i feel like i need to start the game over again as you can see here uh, on screen um did you break that the ju- game? i i glitched through the world there after writing like this game is is not overly broken uh, or anything by any means it's but sometimes you know fun shit happens like that you're riding uh, one minute you're riding this uh this weird creature and the next you know you're glitching through the world and th- after that you're flying into space um but um, what I end up doing is I end up creating a new save with every new update because I want to start fresh. I want to get get into it big time, right? And then I'll play for about 20, 30 hours again, all over again, all the beginning stuff and barely touch any of the new stuff that happens. Um, so I think this time with this save uh, in particular, I'm going to make it a point to try not to do that. <laughs> anymore to just try to to try and play the update um i played around a little bit with um the new it's not base building but there there are little settlements now and little cities that can develop naturally procedurally if you will uh on on, uh just about any planet and so um you know i i joined uh 
joined up with one of those became it effectively became the mayor a la animal crossing and i'm now i'm doing all these chores for for <laughs> for the villagers as as you do and i'm and whatnot um i just once again also got my my freighter ship to try and help um you know there's a bun bunch of upgrades you can you can give to your character and stuff as you go um so i knocked out all the the really good uh some of the really good money making early ones as, as quickly as i possibly could and then uh i went i went from there um but yeah no man's sky is still good it's on game pass uh if you haven't played it or are looking to get back into it there's no reason not to I still haven't played it i should yeah, try honest, at some point it's actually it like it became good t two maybe three years ago Mm -hmm. like that's when the big new update like they fixed it they added the multiplayer all that sort of stuff happened yep. um and then every update after that they've like continued to add um new features and and the, like like there the, you can stumble across a, a derelict decommissioned uh a frigate ship uh, out in the middle of space it's been taken over and it, it, it you know that part of it acts like a horror movie or you can you can develop a base underwater and 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 combat like abyssal horrors and stuff underneath the the what under you know underneath the waters on a planet or whatever and even still like you can uh you can just explore and like that's the biggest part of it um actually this this new save that i that i started um i started it actually randomly spawned me in a system and on planets that have already been discovered by somebody else right okay and okay. i i realized that this person like myself was also following at at that point in time the galactic path and so one of in one of the systems solar systems that i went to they missed a planet and so I got to name one planet in this solar system that they had already claimed, uploaded, and named, and cannot be changed. Um, to their username, can Ligma, and I'm pretty pretty happy about that. Cool. Hopefully they see it. It says it says that they discovered that that system three years ago. So I don't think they're gonna be uh, back anytime soon. But that's fair. Yeah um all right sweet well i'm good it's good to hear no man's sky keeps getting better and better i like sean murray um and i know no man's sky did yeah. not launch well but i'm yeah, glad I to think hear it's had a good resurgence not not to not to put my console biases uh out in 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 the wild much like we did our political biases last week but mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of the issue with no man's sky originally came with came from playstation um yes sean murray and and everybody had a lot to play at like at the launch of that game where they over promised and under delivered what it would would be um but then you know when, when they originally announced the game to when it came out it was three years and if they needed five years before it became proper good if you will, um, then I think PlayStation, who was heavily funding and marketing that mm -hmm. game, 
should have allowed for that time, right? They should have funded it accordingly. Like, like here's and, what we're promising we can do and we can get there, but then they had to release it. And, you know, we don't, we'll never know the particulars of why or how, but... I will say, too, PlayStation, um, for all the bad things that happens with PlayStation, trust me, um, yep. PlayStation makes mistakes. They make them all the time, especially right now. I will say <laughs> they tend to give their studios... A bit of current time. We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So if they need to push things back, they usually do so. I am surprised to hear that. I know, like, I always go back to his interview that he did on Colbert talking about the game. Yeah. And yeah. that was just him talking about it. And none of that stuff was ready at launch. No. That's the stuff that took like two years to get into the game. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and like, that's the thing. That stuff's now in the game. So all that stuff he he somehow figured and kind of knew and was excited about that it was possible, right? But it just wasn't yeah. ready. Yeah, and it so, wasn't ready to launch. Yeah, it it's a good game now. You should, everybody should play it. Well, hey, that's good to hear. Oh. That's good to hear. Um, okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to jump over to a game, then we'll come back to Cozy. Um so I've been, we'll do this one quick and we'll spend a little more time on the next one. We'll talk Splitgate first because we talked Splitgate last week. I'm still enjoying Splitgate and have been Splitgate's in it every good. day. Have you played it, Cozy? No, that was not a game that I played over break, unfortunately. So if you would, I would potentially give it a try. It's a very fun um, I, game. I, I remember Cozy before we took a uh the break uh I was showing some of the the clips that that I had posted and uh you seemed very intrigued by it. So, you should give it a shot before Halo Infinite comes out. Give it a shot. That's uh mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that I have a now that I have a deadline effectively, I know that I've got a hustle if I am interested in this. So, I'll I'll keep that in mind. Also yeah. use my referral code. Okay. <laughs> Or or mine, you know, whatever. Okay. I want that cool skin with the TV head. Um. Anyways, so yeah, no, Splitgate's still fun. Although, uh, like, I don't want to say I'm losing my time with it. I, I like I've invested in the Battle Pass, but I don't know how much more time I'm going to continue to put into it. We'll see. I'm enjoying it. Just other things are pulling me now. So I think I maybe went too hard on this too quickly. Which I, I'm prone to do. But Splitgate's still good, still fun, still love the portals. I'm more and more curious to get my hands on Halo Infinite's multiplayer down the line and play with you guys. Because I think we will have a good time. I think Absolutely. this is a good primer for it. Yeah, so, for sure. Also, I hope it has portals. Which I don't think it will. So, you never know. Sorry, can I, do the, can I do a segue? Yeah, go ahead. Speaking of a primer for Halo Infinite... Cozy, yeah. That's your segue. Playing any Halo Three? You've been playing any Halo? I have. Uh, Funny that you should ask that, uh, AJ, because just this past night I was playing a little bit of that Halo Three over on Twitch.tv/slash PressYZ. Don't know if you've heard of that channel. Um, Yeah, Halo Three. Thus far, I'm only a few chapters in, so my thoughts are. Um, as of yet, still forming and molding and coming into place. Um, 
I think that gameplay-wise, mechanically, it's definitely the best-feeling Halo game uh, by far. Um, the game lacks the kind of glossy cutscenes that uh, Halo 2 Anniversary Edition uh, had, but in a way, I kind of prefer... It's less that I prefer the cutscenes of Halo 3 more and more that I appreciate the kind of consistency of style between the cutscenes of Halo 3 and the actual gameplay of Halo 3. Whereas it could be a little bit jarring to go from Halo 2's really glossy cutscenes and then into actual gameplay. The the original release of Halo 2, which you also could have played through in the Master Chief sure. Collection. You could have, if you press the, the back button or whatever, whatever right. it is on these new controllers... Um, to go back to the old graphics, the old cutscenes would play, and it was very much similar. So, hmm. oh, one thing I will say thus far, and I don't want this to come across as me being overly critical, because I'm still very early on in the game, but I will say the game definitely feels like it's moving at much more leisurely of a pace in terms of plot compared to the first two Halo games. When I think back to Combat Evolved or two, it felt like each chapter you were kind of really like hustling and bustling across the galaxy and doing something completely different from the prior chapter. This one, we've been kind of making our way towards the climactic showdown in what is less of a sprint and more of a marathon, which is that a Halo reference? Did I just make a Halo Mar reference accidentally? You, you made a you made a bungee reference, marathon. Right, right. There we go. Yeah. Um, but I am, like I said, I am only a few chapters into the game, so it, I'll have to play through the entirety of the experience to give a proper assessment. Gotcha, gotcha. It uh, having having just recently played through Halo Three um, this year, like I I was actually like I played on and off like with the multiplayer and stuff, and yeah, it feels like going back to an old game sometimes, uh, especially in the multiplayer. Um, and it's and an old game that everybody is insanely good at, and I am no longer. Um, but playing through the campaign, it held up surprisingly well, like better than I was expecting. Um, and you know, while it doesn't exactly feel like something that could or would have been would be released today, uh, it it does it does still feel modern enough. Um, hmm. in terms of w anything else that's available out there. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Certainly something to look forward to in that regard. Absolutely. Sweet. Um, all right, cool. I'm just looking at Cozy's list of games here. We'll pick one more Cozy. Is that okay? One more. All right. One Choose more. Well. And I'm going to make it Cozy's choice. Cozy's choice. Whoa. Hmm. What do you, you tell me? Which game about? you're excited to talk about that we have not talked about thus far? I do want to just briefly interject and say I am trying my best to complete uh, Metroid um, Samus Returns ahead of the release of Metroid Dread. It's a little bit tough. Metroid Samus Returns is a really good game, but the entire time I'm playing it, I'm like, man, like as good as this game is, everything about it is going to be so much more improved in Dread, and it's making the process of playing through it not as fun as it could be. Mm. Uh, but I am playing that. Um, what else do I want to talk about? What else? Uh, you know what? Let's take a second to talk a little bit about Bonfire. You know, earlier we were talking a little bit about uh, Moss and how I'm, you know, trying to get the most out of my PlayStation VR unit uh, before... Uh, 
you know, the successor to PlayStation VR hits the market. Uh, and Bonfire is one of those VR games that I've had sitting on my PS4's hard drive for quite some time. I don't remember how I originally acquired this game. It definitely was not a PlayStation Plus game, or was it? I honestly don't know. Um, premise of this game is very simple. Uh, you are a interplanetary explorer that has landed on a planet uh, that is seemingly uninhabited, or is it, uh, and must create a bonfire alongside your robotic companion and fend for yourself in the dark of the night. Um, it's really less so a game and more like an interactive uh, Pixar uh, short. At the very beginning of the trailer, which I'm currently showing off, one of the uh, people that was responsible for this game is one of the people behind Ants, the animated movie with a Z at the end of its name. And playing through it, like you really do kind of that kind of like uh, Pixar kind of DreamWorks Studios, like animated vibe and humor really does shine through. Not particularly difficult, uh, I, again, because again, it is really much less of a game and much more of an interactive short, but I'd totally recommend this one as well. Uh, assuming that you can get it for a relatively cheap amount of money because I would not like pay like $20 for it, but five to $10, you're good. Well, now I'm going to the PlayStation website and looking Does it have a platinum. It does have a platinum and uh, a recommendation on the platinum. The platinum is not difficult per se, but to get the platinum easily, uh, you would want to have two PlayStation move controllers on hand. I have two. Okay. I figured that you would have two considering that like you've reviewed PlayStation VR games in the past, but I know that not everyone necessarily has access to them at a moment's notice. They're the two for my PS3 that I bought when the PS move came out on PlayStation three. Hmm. There we go. So, yep. There we go. All right. Uh, but I'm going to have to check out Bonfire. Yeah, that looks cool. Seven bucks. All right. Um, okay, cool. Uh, let's just, uh, jump into, so, uh, before we get into that, I do want to talk about one more game I've been playing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with a game called Forza Horizon Motorsport. Or no, Never heard Forza Motorsport. Sorry, seven. I'm combining series here. Oh, you mean Forza. Forza. I'm not saying it right. Forza. Anything like pizza? Forza. Can you drive a pizza? Can you? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, not in this game. Um, so the, for, Forza's real. the more sim-heavy version of racing versus Horizon, which is... Uh, it's the Gran uh, Tur Turismo killer. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens to Gran Turismo. So we'll I have see. some opinions here. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that soon. Um, that being said, so I I'm playing for for Forza uh, Motorsports because it's about to go away. September 15th, they can't sell it anymore. And it's going to leave yeah. Game Pass and they can't do anything with it. So I thought I'd get some time in with it. It's pretty cheap on sale and see if this is what I want to, like if I want to buy it. Um, I'm enjoying my time. Now, this round that Cozy's playing here specifically I actually, uh, it was called an endurance race yesterday when I, uh, did it yesterday mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, it'll be like 10 or 15 minutes. Probably that's how long a good endurance race typically goes. So I start going and it's like 23 minutes Ugh. Uh, or sorry, 23 laps. I'm like 23 okay. laps. I'm like, okay, these must be like the size of like 
baby park for reference. No. Like, no, they're like two and a half minutes per run. So I ended up like a real racetrack. Yeah. So I ended up playing for a full hour. This one, Mm -hmm. that one track last night uh, before I got the first place. And I've upped the difficulty on it. I'm still not great at drifting around the corners, but I've upped the difficulty on the drive guitars. So they're giving me a challenge the entire way. Like it wasn't until like lap 16, I was able to get into the front. Mm. So it wasn't like I was just leading the entire time, but I'll give the game credit for 23 laps of the same thing over and over and over again, over a full hour. I was incentivized to keep doing it. Watching. So, Watching some of this gameplay of yours, um, you're not doing a good job staying on the racing line. Um, are you very used to Horizon where you can drive anywhere? So part of it's Horizon. Part of it's because I play racing games very aggressively, typically. And I yeah. like to hit people. And like when I'm hitting corners, I'll specifically try and hit people in the corners to block myself and to, direct myself to in the right direction. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm still once part of it's still me figuring out how to handle the turning and the drifting okay. around the corners because I'm struggling with that a little bit. I tend to figure it out pretty quickly. I've put a few hours into this at this point. I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do that because I'm breaking and sometimes breaking is not giving me enough or I'm like I try to break and turn and then I just slide completely in the wrong direction. Dri- driving's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, this does give you, uh, you can't really see it cause I'm so far in like, this is almost the full hour. You can see the countdown at the top there, um, here, but the rewind stops rewinding you at a certain point and just like takes you back. Yeah. It doesn't do the it just rewind motion. Yeah. Um, so it, it's pretty like I'm enjoying it. I've got to the 15th to decide whether I'm going to buy it. I probably will just get the cheap entry level edition before it goes away. Um, but I am surprised that Microsoft didn't try and keep the licenses because it sounds like it's going to be a few years, like at least a year before we'll see another like Forza Motorsport. And it's not going to be eight. It's going to be a re like a redone. A reimagining of a, a re, like a reimagining of the franchise. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take us time. I'm just surprised they didn't keep that going. Uh, like like get the licensing but we'll segue i'll talk about it more in predictions um anyways i think that covers what we've been playing guys uh we've had a lot of stuff um cozy's got a lot of stuff to catch uh, to get us caught up on and we i think we did a good job so that being said let's jump into topic of the show so as discussed we have a playstation showcase 2021 coming tomorrow um so um we want to make some predictions for this it's going to be a big show it's not titled a state of play this is going to be i think and recently with every state of play they've been tempering our expectations of what to expect and what not to expect and the only thing they've told us is that playstation vr 2 will not be there in any fashion Hmm. so that really leaves the door wide open for what we could be seeing in this showcase um we've all been waiting for it i think there's going to be some big hitters here aj you're going to be kind of our guide of telling us how you think cozy and i are yeah. doing our predictions yeah so so, so in our sorry re- really quick just in, in our our pre-show conversations um and stuff uh, earlier today we were 
you know, you guys pitched the idea of doing predictions for this, which is absolutely great. And um, the... What is it? Um, I... I have not, I have been so out of the loop on PlayStation stuff um, for the longest time. Not not just because, you know, I, I was able to uh, get a an Xbox uh, Series X, um, but all, mostly because I haven't been able to get a PlayStation. Um, so I haven't really cared to look into it too much. There, there hasn't been too much to necessarily grab me so um i i pitched the idea uh, that i would kind of judge you guys on what predictions kind of make me the most hype and, and kind of gamify it and i'm gonna pick a winner which which one of you guys wins which guy has the the most hype predictions so just to clarify this then yeah is the goal to make you like get so hyped do you want to buy a ps5 Oh, I already want to buy a PS5. Okay, um, okay. I just am having a hard time getting excited about anything coming up. And now I haven't really, other than, you know, scrolling through Twitter and stumbling across what people think might be there and whatnot, um, I haven't really um, had, I, I haven't, like, seen any any other predictions, like, spoiled or anything we... like that. And, and it's been like six months since I even listened to P.S. I Love You, uh, the kind of funny podcast. So I don't want to like inadvertently spoil ourselves, but do we want to all agree to not make any predictions about Studio Bend, given some recent news that may or may not have come out about the studio's next game? Yeah, I this is news to me in the chat here. So For the I'm record, fine with that. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think that this is completely ludicrous, but yeah, I'll leave it at that. That is one of the things that I did see. So when scrolling through Twitter, so I don't know. I didn't see that yet. Can you that, make that me as me. hype as the idea of that? Can okay. you do it? I think so. We'll see. Can, can we'll we see. make, can we bring the hype? Can you bring the hype? All right. All right. Um, yeah, you guys. You, I guess I'll I'll take the reins now. You guys want to just get into it? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, hold up. Where is there? It is. Um, let's see. Uh, cozy. I yes. want you to pick odd or even. Odd or even. You know what? Let's go odd, because you got to be go odd, odd to be number one. Okay. Oh, and we got even. Nobody so appreciated Nathan, that. Nobody appreciated I, that. I, I got it. I got it, and I was just moving on. Nathan, <laughs> that that means uh, it, you're up to bat, or you can just give it to Cozy. Let him go first. It's up to nah, you. Let's set the cadence. Okay. Okay. I think... So today we got a taste... Of a studio joining PlayStation Studios. Okay. Worldwide Studios. SIE Interactive in terms of uh, Fire Sprite being announced. Um, who created uh, some of the original Playroom stuff. But I believe it's called The Persistence. Am I saying that right? Um, it's a VR title that was 
like pretty well. I haven't played it because I'm not a big survival horror guy, but I know in the PSVR world, it, like it was respected quite a bit. So, and then they've brought them on, I'm sure, to buffer their PSVR. But I expect potentially two other acquisitions tomorrow that will be announced that are much bigger than this. And I think they want to do once would want to do in a showcase. Okay. Number one is blue point. And I think blue points a given at this point. So that's not the prediction. The prediction though, for number two is arc system works mm. who have pretty much been developing games for the PlayStation. I want to say with like the majority of their focus, PlayStation's continuing to, um bring in the uh fighting game market they own evo now uh like it, it's a home like if you want to play fighting games you really kind of need to own a playstation otherwise you're yeah. missing out on a lot of the fr- titles so arc system works will officially join playstation as a studio hmm that's that's pretty hype I don't really mm. I, I'm not remaining silent because I'm trying to be respectful. Yeah. I'm remaining silent because I really don't have anything to say. All right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I did. Um, um, was it Arc System Works that made the Persona fighting games? Yes, they made their Persona fighting games. They did the Dragon Ball game. They did the uh, just most recently Guilty Gear Strive. They're in, uh, they do the Blast Blue games, the Inbirth, Night, EXE. Uh, fighting games like they've got oh like they're the king of fighting games they produce like some of the best quality stuff i think strive has done tremendously well and i think um it, it would be really awesome to see them come under the banner and not to mention they don't really have a studio that does fighting games the mm. um the second persona fighting game arena ultimax was one of the few non smash bros fighting games that i actually really like actually really kind of dug and got into never played it like in a huge like super competitive fashion but that was uh mm-hmm. a unexpectedly fun game i only played the original not the ultimax i that's a game that's it's too bad stuck on a ps3 I'd like to see that game come to like a remaster come to PS4 or, you know, at some point, give me PlayStation 5 arena and it was Persona 5 arena. What was too bad, right, is both of those arena games arrived really late in the PlayStation Mm -hmm. 3's life cycle. It was 2012 and 2014, respectively, I think. And Yeah. yeah, they just barely missed that chip. They had a full story, too. It was really good. And they tied the Persona 3 characters into the story and it's all canon. Oh, yeah. So give me, yeah, give me um, Arc System Works. Let them work on Persona 5 Arena or whatever you want. Um, anyways, that's my first prediction. Put it in the that's, bank. Arc okay. System Works will be bought by Sony and announced tomorrow. All right. I, I, given that, you know, I'm not a big fighting game guy. Um, we've had the conversations. Mm-hmm. My preferred fighting game is more of the Dead or Alive style. Um, yep. Which, you know, to each their own. But I did really enjoy the Dragon Ball Fighters uh, game. That got me back into Dragon Ball. That got me back, uh, you know, I rewatched all of, uh, not all of Dragon Ball Z, but I watched Dragon Ball Z Kai um, alongside the members, some of the members of Giant Bomb. And they did a, a whole watch, watch along podcast of that called All Systems Goku. Uh, it was very good if you're looking to get into Dragon Ball Z again. Um, 
but yeah, the um, I'm gonna have to say that that in terms of overall hype, I think given that the Dragon Ball twist on it and the potential that has, um, and the potential for for proper ownership that you know Sony can bring and the the quality that they can bring to it, um, I'm I'm gonna give that a seven out of ten hype. Okay, sweet. Cozy, you're up. Hmm, I am up. All right, well, let's uh, get this one out of the way right off the bat. Um, as you all recall, at E3 2021, seemingly every single video game developer under the sun tried to throw their own digital event, and many did not of work course. out. Uh, one uh, developer publisher that tried to throw their own digital event that did not work out quite so well with Square Enix, which was a bit of a shock test because I think we all kind of enjoyed it when we were in the moment watching it. And then it was kind of a rude awakening to go to Twitter and realize how much people did not like it. Looking back in retrospect, I totally understand why people didn't vibe with it. Um, and I don't remember who it was. I don't remember who it was, but I want to say it was somebody on Podcast Beyond, maybe Max Scoville, maybe Jonathan Dornbush, who said that they think that the reason why uh, Square Enix's uh, E3 press conference wasn't that great was because they were deliberately withholding stuff for the hypothetical, at the time, Sony presentation later in the year. And I remember hearing that. I think I, it was Doran Bush. Yeah. And I think that he or she was right on the money in that regard, which is why my first prediction is that we are going to get our first tease of nope i know you all thought that i was going to say final fantasy 7 remake part 2 i'm going to say it let's go at kingdom hearts 4 oh i think that oh they are going to hold i think off. you're crazy they're going to hold off on showing off final fantasy 7 remake part 2 until final fantasy 16 is out the door i know they like to show stuff off early but i think that they don't want to distract from it in that regard uh, but Kingdom Hearts, because Kingdom Hearts is similar, not uh, not similar, but dissimilar enough from their mainline Final Fantasy games, I think that it's fair game. I think that I, I can't tell you much of what Kingdom Hearts 4 will look like, uh, but I think that it's going to be here. Might only be a tease, but I think it's going to be here. So what if it's not Kingdom Hearts 4 and it's a weird spinoff title like Kingdom Hearts... Um... 28 over 16 divided I mean, by three re reloaded inventions. So we already did get one uh, Kingdom Hearts spinoff game in, uh, after three, which was a melody of memories, or maybe it was memory of melodies. I don't remember. I know I just talked about it like half an hour ago. Uh, and we also got the DLC for Kingdom Hearts three, which was called Kingdom Hearts three remind. Not re like remind, but re dash mind, um, mm -hmm. and certainly they can definitely throw in another big, um, like uh, what you want to call it, like an another big spinoff in the midst there to kind of help pad things out. But I feel I like don't there's know. two or three spinoffs between every main entry. Well, yes, but 
like there were a lot of spinoffs between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3 because Kingdom Hearts 3 kept getting delayed. Kingdom Hearts 3D, the 3DS game, like I think Tetsuya Nomura went on the record of saying that he would have had the events of that game be a part of Kingdom Hearts 3, but because Kingdom Hearts 3 kept getting pushed back, he kind of spun that off into its own game. Mm. Okay, okay. Hmm. I... Hmm. I have not played any Kingdom Hearts. I was not necessarily hype for Kingdom Hearts 3 when it was actually finally going to be real and finally come out. Mm -hmm. But I was hype for all the people who were hype about it. Um, Ever since uh, I was in high school and uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 was like, oh, that'll be another three years away. And then they kept pushing it, pushing it, and pushing it. And suddenly it's right up there with Duke Nukem Forever in terms of, you know, expectation. Um, so for a Kingdom Hearts 4 to just <laughs> fully drop out of the blue now, um, after, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3, it it looked cool. I still haven't played it. For me personally, I don't think that gets me very hype. Okay. So Kingdom Hearts 4 would get me, uh, give me personally a 4 out of 10 hype. Okay. I would say. You know, in, in the Kingdom Hearts series, a common turn of phrase is, you know, let your heart be your guiding key. And I feel like I let my heart be my guiding key. And I know it didn't work out for me this time, but I still, I stand there's, by my decision. There's still a whole bunch of predictions left for you to make. So... All right. Nathan. All right. I'm pulling in. This is my inner you're, what I you're want. Going, going for the spirit bomb. You're calling in all, everybody. everybody's energy here. I need, especially with Battle Royale games being the thing, a PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale 2. But an actual Battle Royale? No. Just, oh. just still has the name Battle Royale. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, no, I like I loved PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale when it came out. I actually like it more than Smash. We've had these discussions before. I like the way you use the special moves to eliminate people. Mm-hmm. And it, like you build your special up bar. Um, so and I like the strategy to that. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, 100%. Um, I don't know who's making it. I think they probably uh, they had the original studio they built to make it was super. Nope, not super giant. Uh, they had an original studio and they had some fighting game team members. So I don't know who makes it. There's probably an outside studio like they've done with Sumo Digital and a few other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'd like to see them do it right. And even if it has to be copying Smash, just to get it right. Let's do it and let's make this the game and bring the mascots. They seem to have better relationships. Let's get Crash in there. Let's get Cloud. Like the the characters like that were missing from that first game. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale was a good idea and it. Much like, much like Killzone tried to be the Halo killer, it tried to be the Smash Bros. killer. Now, it found it 
it found its fans. And even I look back on that, having not played it, kind of weirdly fondly. Maybe it's just for, like, the time it, it sort of existed. Um, and, and, like, it just the, the game sp- the game space, so to speak, that it, that it existed in. Mm-hmm. Um, if, they, if they can add some of the missing characters and they can do better on that, which I think at this point, PlayStation 5 being as popular as it is and and as in demand as it is, I think I think there there could be something there, especially with like now now that there's uh now that you have Astrobot even. Yeah. Throw Astrobot I, in there, right? Yeah, no, I think they've got the ability to get the characters that are third party and I think they've got yeah. a better grasp of what the first party is. PlayStation did a great job with Astrobot in terms of celebrating the lineage and the history of PlayStation. Yeah, And they know what's out there with all the Easter eggs and everything that was hidden in Astrobot. And I think they have that opportunity now to try and capitalize on that. And I think the and PlayStation brand is hotter than it's ever been at the moment. Yeah. And and you, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It, uh, Astrobot kind of capitalized on the history of PlayStation. All the characters and everything coming together in Smash Brothers is a celebration of the history of Nintendo mm-hmm. and, and other other video game properties, right? When they get their own, you know, uh, like third parties in and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I think um, I think that's going to be another solid seven uh, seven hype for that for that idea. Cool. Can I pitch you guys on something? This sure is not my 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 second thing. This is just in relation to this. So screen goes to black, you know, world exclusive, world premiere, whatever they say in this presentation. All of a sudden, Spider-Man's on screen. Spider-Man's swinging around. Spider-Man's doing his stuff. Oh, wow. Here we go. Insomniac's next Spider-Man game's here. Nope. Spider-Man is a playable character in Battle Royale, All-Stars 2, whatever it's going to be called. Yeah. See, they have access. They could get Spider-Man. He could be theoretically, depending when they launch this game, in the game before Spider-Man shows up in Avengers. That's true. That's very true. Can you can you imagine Spider-Man in? Do you think they would do that in a battle royale? Yeah, I think they could do. Wait, in, in, in an PlayStation All in a play. He's already in Fortnite, probably. That's true. In a yeah. PlayStation All Star, in a PlayStation All Stars two. Do you think yeah. they, they could get him in there? Yeah, you, you could do that. A hundred percent. You could have his swinging mechanics. They, like, they could figure it out. They, they've had some interesting characters in the way they're set up. So, yeah, no, I think that's easily doable. Um, and try and figure it out. The other, like, caveat is, is maybe it's not World Stars Battle Royale because the original name of the game was going to be Title Fight. Mm-hmm. So maybe they go with yeah. Title Fight. Um, but I just talked about Arc System Works developing it. Maybe you make it more like a tag, like more standard 2D fighting game with beautiful visuals. Maybe, Maybe that that's also an option. And like the idea of like, we're, there's also going to be like another Smash clone out this this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Nickelodeon one. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't look good, but. I'm interested to see what they do with it, and I'm interested to see kind of what... I'm interested to see all those old Nickelodeon characters, you know, kind of 
come back and like powdered to- toast man beating the crap out of reptar you know yeah. so yeah seven out of ten for that good job sweet cozy I'm sad to say that uh, I did not have perhaps as much time to think up this prediction as I was hoping. So I don't have like a great elaborate scheme in mind of exactly what this would entail. But I do think that this one has a pretty legit shot of being an actual thing and something that I don't think a lot of people right now are thinking of or predicting. I think that we're going to see the uh, first tease, uh, if not like major look at team Asobi's next Astrobot game. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Astrobot rescue mission was uh, great on PlayStation VR. Uh, Astro's playroom was a great showcase for the PlayStation five. And um, while we do know that PlayStation VR two is not going to be at this particular presentation, I don't think that that excludes um, Astro and the Astrobots from showing up at this presentation in some capacity. And I'd like to think, considering that Astro's Playroom was not that big of a game to begin with, that Team Asobi's next Astrobot game could already be quite well underway. The um, the one on PS5, that was just came with the system, right? That was, yep. that was the Wii Sports demo of the PS5. Oh, platinum yeah. in right. four hours. So, do and you a, think and it's a really too... good platinum, like a platinum you can be proud of? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and it, it was as big as a normal game. It just so happened to be a good tech demo and a good uh, tr- trip through uh, PlayStation history, right? Yeah. Um, do you think it's too early to announce something like that, or do you think? Do you think it could be more closer to DLC? I mean, it's just like, is it too early to announce that? I think it's one of those things where, and again, maybe my timeline is a little bit too aggressive, but I do think that like, I would like to believe that, yeah, they already have this uh, thing well underway ish. And I feel like it's kind of like, well, we have something to show. People are really hot on Astrobot. Why not go ahead and kind of show it off now, even if it is a little bit soon? Okay. Hmm. The, yeah, the prospect of a, a something new and interesting with Astrobot, even if it's just a tease, um, is intriguing because you know people people did regard that like it like. People okay. really appreciate Astrobot as a platformer. Go ahead. Team Asobi makes the next battle PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale, except it doesn't use any of the characters, except they're all Astrobots and they all have the moves and the looks of the characters. Hmm. From the other games. A- Astrobot All-Stars. Astrobot All-Stars, but like you'd have like because in Astrobot they're all dressed up as like the like you'd have like there's the Bloodborne Hunter. So you have that Bloodborne Hunter in costume with all the Bloodborne Hunter's moves. Hmm. See, I feel like like I would have I wouldn't I wouldn't base an entire fighting game around the Astrobots, but I would have them be like the me fighters of the fighting game. Okay. In That's that fair. same That's way. Fair. Okay. That's fair. You know. Okay. Uh so Cozy, I need a little bit of help with this prediction here. Mm-hmm. 
could you, off the top of your head, kind of come up with something original that they could do? Something that you think would be interesting for Astrobot to do? Some, somewhere new for him to go, something else for him to do, something you think was missing in a previous iteration? Hmm. I mean, the thing about Astrobot is, you know, it's an interplanetary, intergalactic adventure. They're going to all sorts of weird and unusual worlds. W one thing that we have not yet seen uh, in the series is an Astrobot game that has more of like an open world-esque vibe to it. And I know that like some people would argue that open world games are a little bit oversaturated, but you know, the, the movement controls of Astrobot are really quite fine. And I feel like there's there's the potential to do something uh, really kind of special there. Have like very kind of like platformy, like Mario-esque uh, controls in like an open world environment. I think there's something there. Okay, so... Let... So like a... Okay, here's here's what I'm picturing, and this is what I'm going with based on okay. what you just sort of pitched. Across, so Astrobot meets a fusion between No Man's Sky and Breath of the Wild. Uh, pretty ambitious, but sure, I'll take it. That would get me fucking hype. That's a 10 out of 10 hype on that. Okay, I mean, for the record, when I was conceiving that idea i was thinking something yep. more in the vein of like a much more expanded version of that um mario um spinoff that we got earlier in the year the, bowser's fury yeah the bowser's fury yeah, yeah. something like that but like even more open-ended but if, if you want to stick with the more hype one i'm fine with that i'm going with that all right all right nathan what's your next prediction okay so this is going to be a given, and we're going to see it there, but let's talk a, a, bit, a bit more about it. Gran Turismo 7 is slated to be there. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I was playing Forza Motorsport 7 um, recently um, and getting my hands on for racing games. Uh, I play a lot of racing games, so I was just giving it a try. Here's the deal. Gran Turismo 7 will reclaim the top spot of racing games. And we're going to see it okay. in the gameplay. They're going to talk about it. And, and here's my pitch. PlayStation is going to be the best place to play racing games. And it's going to be for oh, one I reason. I saw this on Twitter. Go for it. The DualSense controller adds so much when you're playing the racing game and how the adaptive triggers push back against you and how the haptics feel. And it's like the next level of immersion in the racing games. And I feel like after playing racing games on the PS5 with that, that's missing from the Xbox series. And I think if they play their stuff right, that's going to bring this whole other level to how Gran Turismo 7 is going to feel. And I think they're going to spend a lot of time talking about haptics and the adaptive triggers that this will become the like the preferred place to play racing games. And Gran Turismo 7 will be leading that charge. So, we're directly, for this comparison, we're directly comparing, like, the the potential for Forza um, yep. and the best possible iteration of that on the Series X versus the best possible iteration of a Gran Turismo on, um, on the PlayStation 5. 
Yes. Um, historically, I'm not sure if you uh, are fully familiar with the history of Forza, um, but historically, so the original Forza series games, um, in my opinion, what set them apart and what made them better is they actually went out, um, whether or not they had to pay more, whatever they had to do um, for the for the licenses of the cars, they they actually uh the fact that the fact that you can realistically damage your car in forza in the original in the older forza games Mm -hmm. but for a while you still could not do that in gran turismo um really set it apart in terms of realism and, and and all that now i think i believe in the 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 more recent ones like whatever came was it Gran Turismo Sport on the Sport, PS4. Sport was the last one. The reason why I'm looking at the timeline here of releases of Gran Turismos, and they kind of had something out almost every year or every other year for a good period of time. Yeah. This is the longest break the series has taken. The last one came out in 2017, which was Gran Turismo Sport. And they're slated for 2022 for the next one. So they've had a lot of development time to put into this game. Okay. Yeah, the um so so in my opinion like in terms of gameplay and all that, the realistic damage model in in, in a sim game where it's more than just the racing, it's about mm-hmm. you know, what happens if you mess up. Yeah. Right? That that added to the immersion uh, and the and the possibilities in the past. And so your pitch here specifically based on what's available now in terms of racing games um, and just how much the controller can add to that um, is, is actually very intriguing. Um, Mm -hmm. Now you also hear uh, people potentially having like hand cramping issues because of that, uh, that type of force feedback um, that, that the PlayStation uh, DualSense controller provides but you know you hear about motion sickness with vr and i love vr right so it's it kind of falls into that same same uh place for me um so what i'm going to say is that is that is probably a solid eight in terms of height potential uh if if it can if it can do what Forza did with realistic damage models and apply it to the controller where it, it feels real in, in a way, then... Like, can you imagine your car hitting a certain part like you hit in your front corner of your car and then feeling the haptic feedback on that portion of the controller? Yeah. Like, when you're dri- really driving a car and you're trying to park alongside a curb and you touch the curb, you feel it. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what part of the car hit and where and the whole thing. So translating that into a controller to the point where it actually feels realistic sounds very intriguing. So, yeah, I'm going to give that an eight. Sweet. Do we want to give eight. a... Hold on, before yeah. I go to the next one, do we want to give a rundown thus far of our individual predictions and scores? Um, yeah, I, uh, posted a link in the podcast chat to where I am keeping track of these so far. Now, 
there are there are five guesses, which means you guys are not quite even at the moment, but you were tied up there for for a split second. Um, yeah. Uh, so Nathan, um, the Arc System Works acquisition, yeah, you you pitched, and I I gave it a hype score of seven for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, Cozy, you gave me the Kingdom Hearts four, which unfortunately only got a four on the hype scale. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan, you said PlayStation All-Stars 2, um, and we talked about it, and that got you another 7. I asked you to, Cozy, I asked you to help me, uh, kind of come up with what the next Astrobot could potentially be, um, and we settled on more of an open-world Breath of the Wild, uh, No Man's Sky clone, uh, and that got me super hype and gave you a 10, which tied you both up at 14 points. Um, and Nathan's most recent one of eight has brought him back in to the lead. Do you think, Cozy, you can beat eight to take the lead from Nathan? I think I can try. I think I can certainly okay. try. Just like how Kratos in God of War Ragnarok slash not Ragnarok, because Cory Barlog has indicated that it's definitely not called Ragnarok, uh, is going to try to attempt to get his son back uh, from the Norse gods. Yes, that's right. I think that uh, we are going to get a nice fat little look at God of War Ragnarok, not Ragnarok. I think that it's going to be unveiled that early on in the game, uh, Atreus, uh, as he is known by some, uh, is going to be taken in by the uh, Aesir gods. Are they the Aesir? I don't know. They, they get into two, how there's like two different like... Right, yes, they are the Aesir. Odin and his kin are the Aesir, and then there's also the Vanir, which are like another set of Norse gods that the, the game gets yeah. into. Uh, now, here's the thing. All right, that alone, obviously pretty exciting. We want to see, you know, Kratos kick some ass. But you know what would be especially exciting? If Kratos got a new sidekick uh, to join uh-huh. him on his journey to rescue Atreus. Now, I know what you're Go thinking. On. Oh, certainly he would team up with somebody else from North Norse mythology who we've, you know, underrated and not particularly discussed very much, but who is truly a badass. Nuh-uh. If you remember, and, you know, spoilers for God of War 2018 ahead, in God of War... Uh, there is a sequence in the game in which you're learning about a god called Tyr, who traveled the world and did his best to spread justice wherever he could. And during the sequence, we're introduced to the fact that there are many more pantheons that are basically out there in the world. Uh, we're introduced to the fact that there is a Japanese pantheon that exists in the world of God of War. There is a... Um, ancient Mayan pantheon. There's an Egyptian pantheon. Uh, There's also one of the characters in the game makes reference to the Celtic pantheon uh, through some very, very deep late in the game conversations. So all this to say, I think the way that you end the showcase for uh, God of War, Ragnarok, not Ragnarok, is Kratos is down in the mud. He's beaten. He's depressed. They've taken his son all of a sudden, shadowy figure lends him his hand. Kratos asks, who are you? And the shadowy figure says, my name is Quetzalcoatl, and I'm here to help. What? Is that okay, an Aztec gonna, god? 
Yes, Aztec. Yes. Sounds like guacamole. That's why... Hmm. Hmm. Int the int the. And by the way, I have no clue why this other god from this other pantheon is helping Kratos. I just think right now, if you want to create a super hype moment, that's how you do that, it. That could be it. That could be it. That very well could be it. Um, I think. I mean, yeah. Kratos eventually probably has to go kill every god everywhere, right? Ooh. And so having him team up with one. Go all on. right, here, here. Let me let me rewrite that because I'll admit Quetzalcoatl, kind of a weird name. No disrespect towards you know ancient Mayan mythology. Lots of cool stuff going on there. Absolutely. What if instead of a god, it's a goddess, and that goddess Ooh. is Amaterasu from That's the wolf from. The Amaterasu that you play as in Okami is yeah. a like interpretation, a wolf-like interpretation of an actual Japanese goddess called Amaterasu. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. That that there would be so fucking bonkers. God of War cross Okami. Like holy shit. And that 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 holy shit can you imagine but it but it like it's like the okami from okami it's 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 that one it's not just a reimagining right. it's that one yeah. i like that I, I like that idea personally i think that would be rad um huh i that that would come so far out of left field i think it would I think I would, at the very, at the very least, need to go watch an entire let's play of that game when that came out. If I didn't have a PS5 at the time, that would be super cool. Like a little wolf companion or something like that, or better yet, it's like Twilight Princess and he turns into the wolf. You never know. Yeah, it's I, possible. I, for the record, I think that Amaterasu being a wolf was something that Okami conceived for its game i don't know if that's actually part of like japanese mythology but sure it's still super cool uh i'm gonna go ahead and give that an eight Ooh. so time things up you, you tied tied it up it would it would just be so bonkers for that to happen right like it like wow that would be that would be interesting to say the least and that would get get some super hype nathan can All you right. untie it yes to be fair yes you can untie it no matter what you say here yes we don't fair. give zero points so how how much can you untie it okay we so tomorrow we will get a firm release date for final fantasy 16 Okay. It's going to be in 2022. Ooh. We see gameplay. February of 2022. It's actually coming sooner than we think. We see gameplay. It is unfortunately is not turn-based whatsoever. And goes, uh, as the series has been going, into a more action-based feel. Like action-based feel. 
which okay. is going to make a lot of people excited who have played the recent ones and is going to make me not excited whatsoever uh, for it. But I think there will be a lot of people excited about this new Final Fantasy 16 because they're going back to a more medieval setting. Um, and I think the fact that if we see it a release date in February for this game, it'll be one of the shortest from announcements to release that Square has done in many, many years on an RPG mm. and not go for the years-long waits between things. And I think it was supposed to be slated for this year. So I think that's possible. Mm. Okay, so... Final Fantasy has never been my thing. But the more and more it moves into a more action-oriented direction, the more it kind of intrigues me. Well, and um, that's why I thought this might be a more hype one for you, because it's going more yeah. in your direction. And it's leaving yeah, my direction. And like like Final Fantasy VII, if you're going to play any one, it would be that one. But the biggest reason I didn't... Um, I didn't play that uh, last year when that came out, uh, the remake, was because I didn't feel like turning on the jet engine that is my uh, PS4 uh, launch, mm -hmm. PS4. So, you know, I just sort of kind of dealt with it and, you know, was okay with not not getting in, in on it. Um, but to have a, a new story that kind of takes it a little more medieval... A little more action oriented. Um, it's intriguing, um, and it I can see it being a little bit more. Well, well, like I think we've seen. I don't know if we've seen any actual gameplay so much as just kind of in-engine footage. Yeah, it's right? all been cinematics pretty much. Yeah, with like so, in-engine footage. Yeah. So if you're if you're if that's true and you're. So I'm trying to think of what it might actually look at, look like if they're going more in the direction of action. And I kind of envision something like a Dark Souls, but without the difficulty issue mm -hmm. in terms of style. And like, you gotta, you gotta focus a little bit on your timing. You gotta, you know, land your hits just right. Shoot, shoot your shots just right. Just at the right time to make, to, to hit it. Um, I think... I think this one's a little colder for me personally, okay. but it is, it is, it's, it is definitely interesting. Um, if, if, especially if they go a little bit more that direction, the, the closer they get to real time, proper real time action, the more intrigued I get, but then they also have to make it, I don't know what, the, I don't know what they would have to do to get me interested in Final Fantasy. Um, medieval setting is kind of, kind of there in, in a, you know, it, it touches, it touches the, the centers of my brain that are kind of interested in like a, like a Skyrim or a uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion sort of way. Um, but obviously make the combat actually decent and what have you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this a five. Five hype. Right in the middle of the line. Five hype. Cozy. 
Yes. Uh, da, da, da. What do I want to predict next? All right. Uh, I know that earlier on uh, in our many conversations, uh, I already uh, brought up Spider-Man. Um, but I'm going to bring him up again. Now, I know that it's a very, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, went two for two with two of the discussing two of the biggest um, Sony franchises out there, God of War and Astrobot, and bringing up Spider-Man uh, and going three for three does feel a little bit trite. Uh, but hear me out on my pitch for the second big Insomniac Spider-Man game. All right. In Spider-Man 2018, uh, many people, you know, were curious as to why there was no symbiote Spider-Man costume in the game. And I believe that Insomniac Games eventually, you know, answered people's pleas and explained, hey, you know, eventually, at some point in the future, if we ever do have symbiote Spider-Man in the game, it's going to be because we're Go, trying to do it right and actually really kind of like execute on that storyline in a really meaningful and cool way. Now, I feel like the way that most people are familiar with Symbiote Spider-Man, and by the way, I hope that I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Think, yeah. Sim- yeah. Symbiote? Yeah, I yeah Symbiote. Yeah, because yeah, the, the movie didn't quite get it right. Um, <laughs> I, I know that the way that most people are familiar with Venom and Symbiote Spider-Man is, oh, the Venom comes to earth and you know one thing leads to another and spider-man becomes evil and or venom materializes but in the original spider-man storyline where uh symbiote spider-man was a thing spider-man went to space first and then came back to earth and so i'm thinking okay why can't the sequel to spider-man 2018 do just that we have had many spider-man games taking place taking place in New York. And I think that it's finally time to shake things up, which is why I think that Spider-Man, the sequel to Spider-Man 2018 is going to open up with uh, Peter Parker and many of the residents of New York being abducted in a mass alien invasion. And when Peter Parker awakens, he is going to find himself in an alien environment and it's not going to he's not going to immediately acquire the symbiote, but that will be a major plot point in the game that will be teased at the end of the trailer. Hmm. See, for I, Spider-Man and if we get Spider-Man, uh, because we just got Miles and Insomniac's been working overtime and really been the leader for PlayStation 5. Not, not literally overtime, by the way. We mean that figuratively. No. Right. Yes. Yeah. 100%. No, they did not work any crunch. Uh, apparently, uh, everybody's come out from there saying we didn't have to put any extra time in. So awesome on Insomniac. But I think the most we see is a red screen with the white spider with a black start oozing down it hmm. until it's covered in black with that big white spider. That's the most we see. They tease the symbiote. I was thinking about that earlier today. I feel like you're describing the the commercials for the PlayStation 6. Uh, what? No. Hold on. I got confused there. Three. The PlayStation the 3. Crying Baby. Circa 2006 is what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like with the crying crying baby doll but or didn't whatever. They do, but didn't they literally do like a bunch of like play, PlayStation 3, Spider-Man 3 crossover ads? 
No, well, I don't no, think so. So, well, that that I'm not sure of, but I just know that the PlayStation mm. 3 had the Spider-Man movie font right yeah. on it. That we all so, remember. Hold on yeah. a second. Um, based on what you've said so far, I mean, I just want to I just want to say just very quickly, like Nathan, to your thing about it being like the Spider-Man logo with the venom ooze oozing down on it like i just I, I, the point i was trying to get at earlier is i just feel like we've kind of seen that kind of a tease already and i feel like people yeah. would want a little bit more but then again the tease that we got for god of war ragnarok not ragnarok was pretty a logo yeah pretty simple and people lost their minds for that so maybe we're overthinking it uh, yeah, like I think at most this ends that presentation and it's still way too early to do anything else. It just lets us know another Spider-Man game is coming because let's be honest, we already know that. And it's going to have the symbiote, which if I, I don't want to say anything, but uh, you might already know that too. I so I like the idea of Spider-Man going to space. What kind of gameplay would that do? Like... How how would that change the like what would he be doing up there? Mm. It like this is technically like detached from any sort of like Avengers crossover, right? Mm -hmm. So what what could this Sony Spider Man game do in space? Like how's he getting up there? Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, people talk about, you know, what makes it's, it's so fun to you know pl play as spider-man or watch spider-man in action is the fact that he lives in new york which is a city prime for you know web slinging you know skydiving daredeviling action but you know i take that and now imagine it in space where like the normal laws of gravity don't apply and you can build sky high buildings with your crazy alien technology yeah um Hmm. Okay. I I like the idea of it definitely taking more from the comics and trying to, you know, differentiate itself from any other sort of medium that it has appeared in or is popular today. Yeah. Um like I said at the front, the thing is is that I feel yeah. like most like movie going, like modern Spider Man audiences, they only know the symbiote is something that comes to Earth, not something that is acquired in space. And so I feel like this would be a easy, quote unquote easy way to differentiate this Spider Man story. Yeah. Okay. Um hmm. I think it's I think it's a, an interesting idea. I just want I mean and that like that's what they they would have to that's what they would have to prove is like well how how do you make space Spider-Man gameplay interesting? Um especially if it's set a little more in modern times with modern technology and not quite full on Avengers technology. Like I don't know enough of the the lore even to to kind of get behind that. But the idea of it following a little more closely to the comic origins of other characters and, and what you could potentially do with that is 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 interesting in its own. Um, and I think Spider-Man, the idea of Spider-Man going to space, 
or at the very least Peter Parker going to space, something like that, uh, could be fun. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give that a six. Hi. All right. All right. So, Cozy, you're in the lead. Nathan, this is your last pick. Okay. I'm looking at what studios we haven't heard from in a while and where there's potential. And I've been okay. thinking about a lot about this because tomorrow we need to hear something we didn't know about. There needs to be something new and something tangible that's delivered to us that gets us hyped. Um, And they've got a developer that they took in 2014, Pixel Opus, they bought. It came out with Entwined. Entwined was okay. It wasn't great. Then they had a much better follow-up called Concrete Genie, Uh which was really good. Had some unique VR stuff that you could do with painting, but just a good tale. It was a really good stepping point, and you could see the improvement on Concrete Genie. So we will see Pixel Opus's next project tomorrow. It's another platformer, because PlayStation hasn't been, with the exception of Ratchet, really been doing much in platformers and Astrobot. Um, and I think, I don't even know where they take it, because like concrete genie was so creative but it's almost like media molecule was involved in the creation of like the ideas and how off the wall it is so and it really becomes their third like platforming pillar no wait 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 okay i'm changing this they're making a new jackson daxter game Mm. They're uh-huh. taking the franchise of Jack and Daxter, which has been dormant. It's the 20th anniversary of Jack and Daxter this year. Um, it's been dormant for years after Naughty Dog started the Uncharted and they moved off the PS2. And Pixel Opus is bringing it back in not a remake, but a brand new reimagining of the series. And they're bringing their shine and creativity to it to create something new. Hmm. I mean, Jack Jacket is due for a reboot, and we've already got Ratchet. Yep. Um, and you you mentioned third pillar. The other third pillar, um, who we haven't heard anything about, Sly would could be Sly Cooper. Mm-hmm. Right. So, with Rift Apart being so well received. There's potential for Jack and Daxter. And if we get the return of Jack and Daxter in in any way, shape, or form, that could open things up for Sly Cooper. Yep, 100%. And that absolutely should happen, in my opinion. I think they're both due for a revisit. It's like... so. Sly Cooper got a PS3 game, the yeah. fourth one, right? Sanzaro did it. Raccoonus or something like that. Yes, a thief in yeah, time. Yeah, something. A thief in thieves in time. Thieves in time. Yeah. So, no. um, I definitely could see that, and I think they use Pixel Opus after creating this excellent platformer in Concrete Genie 
to kind of put their stamp on it and create their own new reboot version of Jack and Dexter. And that does lead the way to bringing back potentially um, Sly Cooper as well. I am, I am currently looking at the Wikipedia for Sly, and I know you. I know you pitched Jack and Daxter, um, and on the Wikipedia they have a main series release timeline. Yep. So it came out in two thousand two, two thousand four, two thousand five. Twenty ten was the Sly collection. Uh, twenty eleven was PlayStation Move Heroes. Twenty twelve was uh, PlayStation All Stars. Twenty thirteen was thieves in time and then all the way down at the bottom 2022 they somebody put in sly 5 question mark oh that's interesting that's interesting that's very interesting um that somebody would put that there uh so there must be some sort of rumor going around of that or it's you know it's wikipedia and somebody just decided to put that there to hopefully i don't know stir some shit Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of not, it's not going back to the well, it's, it's revive. it's, it's reviving odd, dormant franchises. It's reviving dormant franchises and the people who love those are grownups now mm-hmm. and will want to feel feel nostalgic about those things and will want to go back to those old things um i know i do and here's the thing about when things are revived like and i've seen this with cartoons in a lot of cases too they're always better because they understand more like so ducktales was fine we we have ducktales in like a like a revered like because we watch it when we were kids yeah. The new DuckTales that is made by people who watch DuckTales yeah. is so much better. Mm-hmm. And if we can get a Jack and Daxter or a Sly Cooper by people who grew up playing those games and who, they know what know worked. It, yeah, who know the good things about it and and can f- focus on those rather than, yeah, breathe some new li- life into that idea. Mm-hmm. There's been a long enough like hiatus between them at this point. To yeah. be able to have that breathing room. Specifically, like, when's the last new Jack and Daxter game we got? And Because um, uh, it's 2014 for Sly. And if you don't include the collections, Jack and Daxter, The Lost Frontier? Yep. Oh, it's a That's PSP game. Yeah. So and and so was Daxter uh, a PSP game I think as yeah. well, right? So if you're talking the mainline series, Jack's 3 came out in 2004. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It and like what well, I don't even know what The Lost Frontier is or was about or if it even had any good reception or anything like that yeah who made it like reception it received okay GameSpot gave it a 7.5 out of 10 Mm. so it seems like sevens it's like it's a it's a seven yeah so but yeah i i think there's potential whether you're talking sly or jack and daxter like ratchet and clank's done so well you hand it off to a Uh, studio who you know can handle it and let them 
do what they need to do with it. Of all the games that have gotten kind of like they've gone back to the well on and like tried to revive and stuff like that. I feel like Jack and Daxter is definitely one that they absolutely need to. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that's a good seven on the hype meter. Okay. Okay. Cozy British home. Let's do I, I it. was spending a little bit of time looking through my phone because I was trying to find an appropriate developer that I could stick uh, to this particular project that I'm going to pitch, uh, but I wasn't able to find one in time. So I'll, I'm going to be, this is going to be a little bit by the seat of my pants, but I'm going to try my best. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, let's just get this out of the way. Resistance is back. Oh, At boy. long last, uh, everyone's uh, favorite PlayStation 3 first-person shooter series is coming back after frothing vocal demand, you know, from across the entire globe. And it is going to be completely unlike any other first-person shooter series that has ever been known to men or Chimera alike. And I know that it sounds like I'm adding a lot of words into my sentence right now because I'm deliberately trying to pad time out so that I can uh, think up exactly how it's going to be so utterly different from anything that mankind and Chimera alike has experienced before. But I can absolutely assure you uh, with great certainty that this isn't the case. I do have a pitch for resistance. Go, Go ahead, for it, Nathan. Help him out. Yeah. Okay. Help him out. So number one, these will still the, be Cozy's points, but help him out. Oh, the uh, the <laughs> developers right in your face. Insomniac has multiple teams. They love the franchise. Insomniac's working on Resistance. Number two, it's not first person anymore. It's now third person, cover based uh, shooter. Hmm. Um. Uh, I think there is a first-person game being developed. I still think it's Killzone. I still think it's uh, done by Guerrilla because mm. Guerrilla has two teams and they're working on something. It's that or SOCOM. Uh, but I think that Insomniac is working potentially or on the new uh, Resistance game and it will be a third-person over-the-shoulder camera versus a first-person view. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, see, that's the thing, like, uh, to dispel all, all illusions right now. Like, I would be uh, honestly, genuinely really into a uh, Resistance remake, but I can't quite conceptualize what it could be other than just, like, a straightforward, like, kind of continuation of the exact style of game 1, 2, and 3 were, which perhaps that speaks to the prospects of something like this actually happening, or perhaps it speaks to how small-minded I am. Um, it would be, it would be cool to have a, uh, resistance game that you could play kind of post the events of resistance three, where humanity is slowly building itself back up. But I, I understand kind of concerns that such a premise is perhaps a little bit too similar to something like the last of us, for example. Um, but I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, once again, going back to 
not the well, but reviving a, a, a an old franchise that, you know, maybe could have, maybe could have had, you know, done a little better. Um, I think of, I, I think Resistance, you know, there, there's potential there to, to in the same vein that Wolfenstein kind of came back. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You could reimagine it with more mo- with a more modern take on it. I think take in- on it. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say Insomniac's grown as a, like a team in storytellers. Yeah. Uh when you look at what they've done with Spider-Man with Miles with even with Ratchet and how they infused the story into Rift Apart. And I think there's potential for them to take what they've learned in storytelling and really apply that to the uh, Resistance branding. But it would Absolutely. have to be a full reboot from scratch. Mm. Yeah. I mean, one thing that the Resistance series does have going for it is that those games don't take place in modern times. Uh, the first one begins in its alternate history's equivalent of World War II, and then it kind of goes from there. So... You know, earlier I was saying, oh, man, there would be a lot of similarities to The Last of Us. But, you know, if they kind of uh, place it in, if we, they start us off in the right time zone, it could actually make for quite a radically different experience in terms of, you know, dealing with that more kind of retro future kind of technology stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it it definitely... This has just become us, all three of us, trying to figure out what resistant the next Resistance game could be instead of me yeah. predicting it. That might not be a great sign for Resistance. Yeah, maybe. I would still be interested to see what the hell happens. Mm-hmm. What the hell they could do, right? Um, would it be good? I don't know. But there's potential. Let me pitch um, you one last thing before you lay down sure. your verdict. Okay. Uh, Nathan okay. brought up, you know, they're bringing back, he thinks that they're most likely bringing back kills. And I think that's a pretty sure bet. But what if they decide, you know what, let's go all in. Let's give the fans of our PlayStation three era shooters, everything that they could ever want. It's resistance cross uh, kill zone where it's a crossover of the two franchises. It's revealed that the Killzone universe takes place in the far future after the events of Resistance 3. And uh, at long last, the people of the Killzone universe have found the home planet that the, Chim- the Chimera originally came from and that we got to see a brief glimpse of in during Resistance 2 and Resistance 3. And now both sides are out for blood. Hmm. I mean, if there's any way to improve upon the idea of Killzone, it's to make it more like Resistance, I suppose. Um, hmm. I actually like Killzone 3. Killzone 3 is eh. fun. It was a... Eh. Uh, we've never really talked about Killzone on this podcast, have we? No. I think we have, uh. actually. I think it came up a couple... Di- uh, or was it... Were we talking about tr- like platinum trophies at the time? Could be. I don't I can't know. Remember. I played Killzone 3 with the sharpshooter attachment with the moves, and it Ooh. was actually quite fun to play with that. Kill, yeah. Killzone 2 was like, that game was trying to be like a kind of serious sci-fi first-person shooter, and I feel like it 
kind of missed the mark. It was trying to be like that first opening mission of Kill Zone 2 is like almost saving Private Ryan esque in that it's sort of like a complete shit show and things don't get much better from there. Kill Zone 3, by comparison, was like a goofy, fun sci fi action game uh, with like all sorts of like crazy giant robots and stuff that was kind of at odds tonally from the second game which is why a lot of people did not like it but i think if people went back now and played the two side by side they would prefer three to two but that's just me yeah i, I don't know maybe maybe I, I will never forget the big controversy over that first reveal of Killzone 2 so you know it, it kill kill zone is probably tainted in my mind ever since then um but resistance on the other hand i think i think there's still in a wolfenstein like fashion i think there's still a way to kind of bring it back and to modernize it uh i'm gonna go ahead and give this a seven all right so that means you win cozy where do the two of us stand no, that well, all is said and done. Yeah. Okay, so Nathan, you you pose that uh, Arc System Works would be acquired by PlayStation, and I gave you seven points. Uh, Cozy, you posed uh, Kingdom Hearts four, and I gave you four points for that. PlayStation All Stars two, we talked about it. That's another seven points for Nathan. Um, the uh next astrobot um we 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 kind of collaborated on an idea there and it, i really kind of took it over and and ran with it and got myself hype with 10 points um but uh those are those are all yours cozy um gran turismo on ps5 got uh eight points from for nathan uh god of war not ragnarok got eight points for cozy um, Final Fantasy 16 release date got five points for Nathan. Spider-Man in Space got six points for Cozy. The Return of Jack and Daxter got seven points for Nathan. And The Return of Resistance uh, got seven points for Cozy, leaving Nathan with 34 points and Cozy with 35 points Ooh. out of a possible 50. Woo! That was real close. I, even you I squeaked it out there, Cozy. Good yeah. job. Wow. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. I'm gonna pat myself yeah, on the you back did it. right there. You did it. I think I should I, I think you guys, if any of these come true, and I don't mean like oh oh at hundred percent, it's gotta be Breath of the Wild and No Man's Sky together or else it nothing. I think you guys should get an extra point. Not that I'll not that we're gonna ever revisit this or anything like that. No. But uh, you know, we might we might talk to Mitch about it. And we might talk to Alex about it at some point. But let if if any of these are correct, come back to this list um, and and get give the appropriate points. One points one point if if it's correct, and one point if it's not. Whatever we're talking about here. Um, and yeah, then you can find out who really won. Fair. Okay. All right. Nathan, I'm going to throw it back to you. Okay. Well, with that, we have had our PlayStation Showcase 2021 predictions finished up. 
I had a lot of fun there. I think we had some crazy wild things. The honest truth is I think 95% of that won't happen, but we'll see. They're all about hype. So <laughs> hopefully we are hyped tomorrow with these uh, actual announcements. So I'm looking forward to that. That being said, we're going to start wrapping up the show now. So I just wanted to go down to my preamble here, but thanks for tuning in to press YYZ. If you enjoyed the broadcast, be sure to follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube and rate and review us on Apple podcasts. You can also check out, check us out on Twitter at press YYZ and slide into our discord at invite.gg slash press YYZ to keep the conversation going until next time. Thanks for playing.